Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. I hope you'll excuse me this morning. I've been having some some really bad back pain this morning. That's been that's been a struggle for me uh, for the last little bit here. So I'm gonna sit and just share a little bit. I may get up at some point. I am Pentecostal, so I may get up at some point. Um. I have a hard time sitting. I really do. I have a hard time sitting. So, um, but I'm gonna just try to be good and uh, and give my back a little bit of a rest. But I'm so blessed to have a body of believers that believes in the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. Yes. Some people get weirded and scared when uh, somebody speaks out a little encouragement. My church never spoke out loud. Only the people out front do that. Well, I tell you what, there's something that benefits the body that will um, that will encourage you, and I hope that it would. We always monitor that, make sure everything falls in line with the Word of God. Amen? We don't just willy-nilly let anybody say whatever they want, because we believe that the Word of God is, uh, there is uh, order to the house of God. So this is not a free-for-all. But we do believe that there's encouragement that comes from the body. And that's because we're surrounded by the Holy Spirit in our lives every day. It's not just on Sunday. How many know that the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of your everyday life? Right? He wants to be a part of every day. Everything that you do and every way that you are, um, you are walking with him, he wants to walk with you and show you the ways everlasting. And so last week we saw a little bit of a glimpse of that. Amen? We saw just a beautiful presence of God. It was and and I was touched so radically last week because I felt the burden. One of the things I share with my team, and I'll say this briefly, is as I was praying over people, God continued to put on my heart as your pastor the burden that many of you carry. And I could only pray for so many people before I stopped and said, okay, God, my body, I'm not sure I can take any more. Because... As a pastor, my job is to help you see Jesus in every way possible. My job is to draw to draw attention to Jesus, not to myself, not to who I am, but who he is. And so I was blessed to be able to share the word of God last week, and it was just a portion of my message. And I told the rest of the team, I'll preach to the rest last, next week because God just wanted to release 2 Kings 6 to you and tell you about Elijah, Elisha rather, and what he had. So how many remember last week? Some of you remember the story last week I talked about. Um, I talked about how Elisha was always given that word by God of warning to the king. The king was being uh, sought out by, um, by the enemy. And when the enemy came, Elisha saw God before he saw the problem. The servant went to Elisha and said, I see the problem. There's a problem. There's an army of horses and chariots. And Elisha said, there's more than that. And he said, Lord, show, open his eyes, he said, so that he may see. And that's where we pick up a little bit. I'm not going to share that story again. You want to watch that message last week, go ahead and do that. 
But I wanted to remind you that even Psalms 125 tells us this. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. Isn't that good? That the Lord is surrounding you. The Lord surrounds his people from this time forth to forever. There's not a single moment that he's not around you if you've acknowledged him as Lord and Savior. But how many have felt at times like you may be the only one in the room? We've all felt like that if you're honest, right? We've all felt lonely at times, times like maybe God didn't hear me, maybe God has forsaken me. Can I tell you, he has not left you and he's not forsaken you. That's his promise, I thought I'd get more amens. I'm going to try harder, Sheila. I'm going to try hard. But here's a couple truths I want to share with you here this morning that I want to just, if you want to take notes, man, I want to encourage you to bring a notepad, a pen, a Bible. Bring that because all of those things matter here. The first thought I want to tell you is that we are surrounded by God's promises. We are surrounded by God's promises. I like how the New King James puts 2 Peter 1.4. It says, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Now, who's divine nature? God's divine nature, right? So 2 Peter here is it's clearly talking to us how God has precious promises for you, how many have ever prayed promises for somebody else? You prayed promises for your friends, your loved ones, your coworkers, your children, your not so loved ones. Some of you are just tuning in. Right? I love it, my elder. I share the story before, I can't help but share it all the time. But I used, to, I used to attend this church in New York. It was a wonderful church. And an elder used to walk up and he goes, Lord, I pray for my unsaved loved ones and my unloved saved ones. <laughs> if you get mad at that, first of all, you need to laugh more. Secondly, I wasn't the one to originate the statement, so take it up with that elder. But we should pray for everyone, shouldn't we? Because God wants to surround his people and those that want to be his people with his presence. He really does. How many know that we can't come to him unless he draws us? And how could he draw us if he's not near us? So there are people that even don't even know Jesus that God is like, hey, come here. I got a blessing for you. Come and trust me. And that's what we want to pray, the Holy Spirit whisper on somebody's ear. I love how my brother John said it earlier, how he said that the devil comes like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. Why? He has to be loud because what he cannot exceed in power, he makes up in volume. Okay, I'll say that again. Because there's some believers that that's how they take their promises. They think that if they say it any louder, that maybe they'll believe it more. Volume does not equate power, authority, or even the opportunity to have faith. 
That's how come I don't have to jump and grab a chandelier. And if we had one in this room, I, I could do that. But that doesn't make me any more anointed or any more powerful. Some people need to, to pull out antics to be heard. But guess what? The word of God is powerful by itself. I don't have to do that. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. And it pulls strongholds down too. And so we understand that God's promises are more than enough. We don't have to try to make up for it in volume, in personality. Oh, I love that church. That pastor has a great personality. I don't want that written in my headstone. Thank you if I have a great personality. Thank you, God, for that. But that's not what it wanted to be said of me when I, when I die, that all I had was personality. I want it to be said that I was a good husband, a good father, and a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I wanted to be said of me. But that doesn't come without trusting him and trusting his word. Stop thinking that it comes another way, church. Can I tell you something? It only comes by his word. The only way I can become better is when I depend on these words, all 66 books and the maps. The table of contents will get you saved. I'm telling you, the word of God is powerful. Some of y'all look up a word in the Bible right there, and you're like, oh, Holy Ghost, get saved. Why? Because God is the author of his word. And I don't need to dress it up to make it look pretty. I work hard on the messages that I preach every week for you. I try to be creative. I try to be, you know, clever on certain things. Yes, but where I lack, God fills in the void. Just like he does in your life. Wherever you, could, wherever you find yourself lacking, he will fill the void. You don't have to be everything for everyone every single day of your life. Now, we will try. We will try to, to, to win people, like Paul said, to win one another. But guess what? And he's surrounding us. We got to trust him for that. Amen? So I wanted to remind you that we are surrounded by God's promises. We are surrounded by believing and accepting his promises. We receive that when? And where? In his presence. Just as God made promises to the Israelites, he makes promises to you. Just like he made promises in his word to individuals, he makes promises to you. There are biblical promises that as a believer, you can claim today and trust in. Yes? If you don't believe that, talk to one of our prayer partners. They'll be standing by after service and say, how can I claim a promise? How can I claim God's promises in my life? No matter what situation you find yourself in or what obstacles you face in life, I want you to know you can find assurance of his promises in his word. He will not fail you. First John chapter 2, verse 25. And this is the promise that he himself made to us. Eternal life. He's promised you what? Eternal life. That's his promise to you. How many know that we need that promise now more than ever? There's some people out there that need life. There's some people in here that need life. Life more abundantly, and that's good news. How many believe that's good news? 
Second thing, we are surrounded by God's peace. God's peace. For those of you that want peace, all you have to do is ask him, God, help me to have peace. I'm I'm going through something in my life. I need your peace. Philippians 4 tells us, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Where? In Christ Jesus. Guess what? The people in this world do not have the peace of God. Why? Because they are not in Christ Jesus. Now listen, they may receive a peace of God. But that is not to be confused with the peace of God. The peace of God comes from his presence in your life. A peace of God can come from someone talking about Jesus. You you following me? Someone may speak Jesus like we were just singing just a few moments ago. I speak Jesus. Guess what? When you speak Jesus, what you're speaking is peace into the atmosphere. And when you speak that peace into the atmosphere, people may catch a peace of God. I know it's not the same word. I know. I know. I could spell. But what I'm saying is that 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 the name of Jesus alone in the atmosphere can give people a sense of who he is. That's the authority that you have. And gosh, man, you need to get this. If you are a believer, my God, be very careful how you speak. Because the words that come out of your mouth are death and life. And when I speak to people, the words that I say matter. Because I can come in and bring more division or I could stop it right in its tracks. As a believer, I've been given that authority and so have you. If you call yourself a believer, don't you go ahead and allow people to speak over your family negativity. Don't you go ahead and allow people to speak over your family negativity. I don't even allow people to speak over my family that don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, don't try to speak over my family. Oh, that child's going to become this. Or that, no, don't, don't, don't. That's not your role. In fact, slow your role. Because that's not your role. My job and my, my, my wife and I are, are to speak over my children. And if you, have, if you have a word from God for my children... You come to me, you let me be there. Just like anybody else, I'd want them to be there if I have a word over somebody's child. Because what I have to give is sharp. You follow me? I'm surrounded by God and I have peace of God in my life. And guess what? If that parent is there and you have a word for their child, guess what? That parent now has the responsibility to to, to care for that gift. That may be in that child. Are you hearing me? This is not even my notes. God has this for somebody. I'm telling you that, that there are gifts that are, that are sitting within your children. And some of you, within the, the, the context of relationships, people around you, and, and you have a word for them, but you're scared. Can I tell you something? Release that word in Jesus' name. Allow to speak over someone. But be very careful because words have meaning. Words have life. They can bring peace and they can bring chaos. 
How many know that some, there's always somebody that, that will come into the, a situation that you're like, oh, my God, don't mention anything about this or that because they're going to go off on some sort of tangent. How many know somebody like that, right? Nobody pointing, nobody pointing, just raise your hand. Right? You know somebody like that? You bring up a subject and they're like, oh, my goodness, you don't even know. And they'll go in 30 minutes. You're like, I didn't even ask for all that. I didn't want all that. You, how many wish people came with a mute button? Anybody wish people came with a mute button? I'm like, can I just unsubscribe to your face right now and just walk away? Can I unsubscribe from your... I need to walk away. Pastor Tony, that's harsh. You don't unsubscribe from people's faces. If they're speaking negativity every single turn, I want to unsubscribe from that room right now. I need to move on. Like and subscribe. No, I'll pass. Thank you. I'll unsubscribe. The struggle for many of us is that peace in our homes, peace in our job, peace in our relationships, peace in our family units. Because the great fight for many of us is to find that peace. But sometimes we're looking in all the wrong places. Believers, we can be surrounded by peace, but you never ask them. Because you figured it out. You've been in church a long time. Stop it. Stop trying to figure things out. When you, you have not been in church longer than Jesus. When you've been in church longer than Jesus, then you have a say. I'm like, what? How does that work? Ask a neighbor after service. You've not been in church longer than God. He is the one that created the church. Because we ourselves cannot function without him. He is the founder of true biblical freedom. Amen? Real peace is not the absence of problems. In fact, it's the peace of God that gives us an inner calm in the midst of our problems. Peace is that inner sanctum, that place where, where, where no man can touch unless you give him access. No one can touch your peace unless you give it to him. And there's no peace outside of God. There's happiness. How many know that people in the world are happy sometimes? How many have ever met a happy sinner? Anybody ever met a happy sinner? Some of you are like, I, 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 I was a happy sinner. Sometimes the worst thing I can see happen in the church is that there's a soaking saint. Come on now. I'm not cutting this out of the podcast. It's going to stay in there. I was, a, I was a happy sinner, and now I became a sulking saint. You know what a sulking saint is? Everything's evil. And you take the E from evil, you get vile. You take the V out, and it's evil. And I realize that everything, there's people out there like that. Everything is sin. Everything is evil. You can't be happy. Don't smile in the house of God. It's not holy. And you don't got no peace, man. I know a God that saved me. When he saved me, he gave me peace and he gave me joy. And he gave me opportunity to be among believers. And that's that real 
that real peace that passes all understanding. So he gave me peace. And John 14 tells us, peace I leave with you. Not peace I take with me. Because <laughs> that's how it seems sometimes. They think that Jesus said in John 14, my peace I take back with me with the Father. I'm going to go ahead and take that peace and you sit here and sulk till I come back. And you won't have peace until I return. No. He says, my peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because peace knocks out fear. When you start fearing things, you know what? You give it power over you. When you fear, you give it power over the decisions you make. You give it power over your family, your future, your finances, everything that you come in contact with. You have fear. It starts to affect every area of your life. And now you're not surrounded by the faithful father. You're surrounded by fear. And that's the wrong one to be surrounded by. The third thing I want to remind you is that we're surrounded by God's protection. How many realize that we're surrounded by God's protection? We saw that in, in, in 2 Kings, uh, in that passage that I just mentioned a little bit ago, in 2 Kings 6, verses 13 to 17. We see that, that when, when uh, Elisha was there and, and the servant saw, the, and he panicked, he saw all the horses and the chariots. Elisha prayed, show him, Lord. What you've already shown me. And at that point, the servant saw the chariots of fire. We are surrounded by God's protection. Psalm 91 gives a great picture of that. Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 says, For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Who is protecting you? Who's protecting you? God has, he's already dispatched his angels to watch over you. The Holy Spirit is in you and you are surrounded by his peace. Because when he protects you, he protects you in all your ways. He will support you with their hands and so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Our world is a dangerous place sometimes, yes? Unsafe by night and day. Too many videos have surfaced over the last few years of people getting outright either beat up, robbed, something happened in broad daylight in the middle of the street and people are walking right past them. You know what they're doing? Instead of doing something about it, protecting them, they're, they're filming it. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Look, this is going to go viral. I'm going to be famous. This is going to go viral. Hopefully they'll, they'll highlight me in the news. I'll send this in. Instead of doing something for their neighbor, they're watching them get punched and kicked. And Saw a video of a woman getting assaulted in the street by a guy with a knife. People were all around the video watching it. Nobody. How about men be men again? 
sick and tired of this. I want men to be men again. Demasculinizing our men. They just, just make it a more and more feminine. Why? Because they can't even define a man or a woman. There are differences. When he created man and woman, he created them. And they got no pronouns. Let me be very clear. He created male and female. There's no in between. Male and female, period. We have to become a people that start realizing that we have to stand up for what is right and stop this nonsense and foolishness because we're surrounded and we have God's protection. And you know who he's put around us? Men and women that will guard each other, guard our faith, guard our family, guard our friends, protect them and understand them because he's called us for such a time as this. Whenever Satan attacks the believer, he must come through God, our protector first. And while we try to do our best to avoid catastrophe and violence and pain, the fact remains that we will have tribulations. He promised it. We will. But he also promised that he wouldn't leave our side when we go through it. But do not fear. Do not be dismayed because you're safe in the Father's arms. Yes, Father's arms. I saw another video of a quote-unquote pastor person that specifically started talking about what God does not like, and they said, oh, this is not good. Paul was being a jerk. They literally said this on the, on the, on the microphone. The biblical Paul. From the pulpit. They read a scripture from the Bible and said, yikes. Um, Paul was being a jerk here. Never mind what he said there. Friends, this is real. I saw it with my own eyes. And they said Paul was being that. And I hate even just repeating it. It just, the sanctification of that moment of the word of God, of delivering I know, I, listen, church, I joke, I, 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 make, I make jokes, I, I like being lighthearted at times. I, I'll joke with myself before I make fun of anybody, I'll joke about myself. But when it comes to the word of God, I will never, ever defile this word, this precious word that, that has set people free. And this, quote, pastor person stood up and said, my pronouns are, and then they proceeded to say the following. Give me a break. There's no Bible in that. There's no Jesus in that. There's no truth in that. Run away. Run away from that. He is attacking the protection even of the word of God. There's certain things we don't touch. And those saints will be the first to tell you. Paul will be the first to tell you he's not perfect. But I'm not going to stand on a pulpit and defile the word that way unacceptable we have to stand firm on the word of god amen that's a side note that was freebie that came out of me because i angered me a little bit because i take this very seriously this word of god thing is very serious to me how many know that the word of god is very serious yeah you listen you can 
We could laugh, we could joke about anything, but guess what? When it comes to the word of God, it's very real because God is looking for people to stand firm. And there's going to come a day that there's no jokes. We're going to stand before him one day. When we live in the will of God, the word of God, we are safe and secure in God's hands. That doesn't mean we won't have trouble. We're just safe and secure. When our life work is finished, God has reserved a home for us in heaven, but we have to understand that we have to live this life here first. John 14, 1 through 3, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. That's worth cheering about right there, right now. Amen? He's coming back for us. But he's not coming back for a church with pronouns. He's coming back for a church that knows exactly who he is and exactly who they are and exactly who they are meant to be. And anything outside of his word is not acceptable. That's how come I've been praying, Lord. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And for for those of you that don't know, that's our theme for 2024. Here as in heaven. Here as in heaven. You'll hear about that tonight. Because what I believe with all my heart is that God is looking for us to focus on Jesus over our trial, over our tribulation, over the things that come about. So focus on Jesus today, my brothers, my sisters. Focus on Jesus instead of all the evil that is happening because his promise, his peace, and his protection is, is, is around you. And he is all that he said he was going to be and more. It may look like we're surrounded by problems and the things around us, but we are in fact surrounded by God's protection. I remember as a kid, I used to get up and get around for school. And I, For those of you that know, I grew up in New York City in the Bronx. And when I would get up and go to school, I would, and certain when I was in junior high, I would walk there. It wasn't too far from my house or... I would go with my cousins and stuff. We would walk to school. and I remember my mom always telling me before I left the house, like, don't go with any strangers and the X, Y, Z. And then, you know, as I grew up, I understood my surroundings and I was always aware. And my wife even noticed it one time when we were back, you know, visiting New York and, and things. She's like, you change a little bit when we go back to this. You're a lot more like on guard. I know because I know the surroundings. I know what I need to be careful and what to look for. There's some things that if you didn't grow up there like that, you don't know. You just don't think that way. And I remember when she told me that, I didn't realize. I mean, I know it that I know it because I do it, but I didn't realize that it was noticeable. Because growing up, I always had to watch who would come behind me, who would, you know, I'm a little more aware of things and just the way it is. But you know, when it came, when it came to know, when I came to know Christ, while I still am aware of my surroundings, I'm not worried about the aftermath. I was worried about the aftermath then because I didn't know if I was good enough to go to heaven. I didn't know. I didn't know if my 
sins would overwhelm my, you know, how many times did I help the lady cross the street, you know, versus like how many times I sinned or sweared or, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to balance it out. I got to do two, three great things today because I swore twice, you know, so like I got to balance it out, you know. How many know that's horrible math? Like it's exhausting to think that somehow you could earn your way to heaven to do the math. You got to sit there and especially if it's common core math, forget it. It's, oh my God. It's exhausting to try to balance out what's good and what's God and what's God and what's not God. And am I good enough? Is he good enough? And guess what? When I, when I finally found Jesus, I realized he's made me good enough. I accepted that in my life. I accepted Jesus. And now I've been deemed redeemable. And I've been redeemed. And so because I've been redeemed, I don't have to sit there, carry the one. And figure out if I'm good enough, if I've just done enough to make heaven, if I've made the cut, right? Like the last one picked in dodgeball or something like that. You're like, oh, did I make the cut? You know, am I the last one picked to go to heaven? Like, darn it. All right. Guess what? God doesn't work that way. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that what we do after we get saved doesn't matter. Because how he judges believers is by their faith and what they've done with their faith. You follow me? So there is going to come a time where God's going to look at you and say, what did you do after you recognized who Jesus was? So there's a, there's a day that we'll stand before him. But that day is not about salvation. That day is about reward. So let me ask you this question here today. The fact that you know that God is surrounding you, what are you doing about it? It's like you having an unlimited bank account with a checkbook. You can write checks for anybody. And there are people all around you with debt. And you have a blank check that you can just write everyone. Unlimited. Imagine you have a bank account that's unlimited funds. Like Tony Bezos kind of thing. All right? Kind of kind of thing going on. And I had people all around me. And I said, nope, I'm good. And closed my checkbook, put it in my back pocket. And there's people all around me with debt. It's just crushing them. That's what happens when we realize we have Jesus. They don't, but I'm not going to share him. I need to pull that checkbook out and share Jesus. You, you follow me? Not a real checkbook. Some of you are like, oh, no, he's got my checkbook now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about figuring spiritually. You hear what I'm saying? I'm writing checks to help them and spiritually with that boom. I'm giving them hope. I'm giving them answers. I'm giving them peace where they lack peace. I'm giving them hope where they lack hope. I speak Jesus. What do you speak? I have to speak Jesus to every situation in my life. Because he is the game changer in our lives. Amen. If you're able to stand with me, stand across this room. I hope this word brings life to you. I hope this life-giving word comes to you today. And I need everyone looking at me for a moment before we pray. Look at me for a moment. I need you to understand something. That in this house, we are full of imperfect people. But my goodness, we have some of the most loving individuals I've ever met in my life in this room. 
And that love did not come because you're all that. Many of us, some of you are like, oh, deflated just a little bit. No, no, you, you hear what I'm going to say because if people knew you before you came to Jesus, you finish the sentence. <laughs> I was not the same individual. I was always worried about this and worried about that. What are they going to think of me? What's going to happen? What's this? I worried about all these things. That was me prior. That was me BC. Not before COVID, before Christ. Like it's before Jesus came into my life. Before Christ, before Christ, I was lonely, afraid, and I was insecure. But in Christ, listen, that stuff tries to rise up. And I realize, no, I have peace because he has died for me. He's given me peace. He's given me joy. He's given me hope. And in him, I am, I live and move and have my being. Are you hearing me? The Bible says, in him, I live and move and have my being. Not outside of him. Outside of him, I'm broken, battered, and confused. But in him, I have life more abundantly. In him, I live and move and have my being. In him, I am set free and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Not your testimony. I'm not set free by your testimony. I can share my testimony. I realize him dying for me sets me free. But that doesn't mean that you can't share your testimony and try to set other people free. You with me? Love Jesus. Love Jesus. Love God. Love people. And that's how we change the world. Because there's nothing in this world that, 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 that this world can offer that will equal the power of God. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, solidify this word in people's hearts right now if you're in this room and you're able to if you're online in this room whatever right just lift your hands right now if you desire the peace of God if you desire the promise of God if you desire the protection of God just lift your hands right now and I want to pray that over your life and your family and your home father I pray right now first for the promise of God to be released in every home the promises of God, the promises that tell us that we ourselves have been given exceedingly and great promises. I pray that promise upon their life. Lord, for those that need peace, I pray that Philippians passage, that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that peace upon the, upon the, the person and the family in Jesus' name. And I pray the protection of God and that Psalm 91, for the angels will be be given charge concerning them and their children and their children's children. God, I pray Psalm 91 that you would be, not just that, that you would be their shelter. Be their shelter in which they can run to when they are saved. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask you, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. Let it be done, God. We love you today in the name of Jesus. And we all said, how many believe that for your family right now in 2024?
Listen, you can speak blessings or curses. I choose blessings. Speak over your family. Speak over your family the promises, the peace, and not just that, but also the protection and the shelter around them. Amen?